Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly. We hope you've had a great week since we've last talked. We've got a great episode planned for you today. We are going to be talking all about college and elite gymnastics today. I know we were a little heavy on the college stories last week, but an interesting storyline I want to talk about today, and that is the introduction of robot judges that was implemented at the World Championships. Kind of went under the radar a little bit. Not a ton of people were talking about it, but we are going to break down all the pros and cons of that one for you. And then for the college side, we're going to talk all about the exhibitions that have been happening around the country right now. A lot of schools using these last few weeks before season to have meat-like showcases in their arenas to get ready for season. And I want to get McKenna's perspective on how all that goes down. And stay tuned till the end. We have co-head coach of the LSU Tigers, Jay Clark, is going to be joining us to talk all about the upcoming season. So you want to stick around for that one. It's going to be a great episode. McKenna, girl, how's your week? Catch me up. It's good. Um, looking at my calendar right now, I've had some things with the Texans this week. We had um, a game on Sunday. It was not how we had wanted to finish it, but we came back and we, we scored some touchdowns. Um, but I actually, I leave for New York for my first CGGI event. Um, the 13th through the 16th, I'll be at the World Class Invite in Albany, which is really exciting. I'll be returning there, which is where the Aurora Games was. Um, so I'm super excited for this appearance. I'm really excited to see what CDGI is all about um, and kind of get my feet under with that. That's awesome. So what all will you be doing when you get there? Do you know? So as far as I know, um, when I get there, I'm going to be having a dinner with some of the girls of, I think, the host club gym team. And then um, Saturday and Sunday are the days of the meets. So I'll be at the meets all day and then I'll head home Monday. That is so exciting. Do you feel like when you are in a competition atmosphere, that is that when you miss gymnastics the most? Um, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, this summer has been fine. Even this fall has been pretty good. Um, but, but watching, like we were about to talk about the exhibition meet with LSU, I was a little sad. I had a little bit of FOMO going on. And, um, I guess that our, like our ready room locker room, it, they have names up and my name was still up there. And Kennedy Edney actually took a picture of it and sent it to me. And she goes, I'm so glad you're still competing. And it made me laugh, but it also made me a little sad. Uh, the only thing I don't miss is I know how bad their bodies are already hurting. So I don't miss 
I don't miss how they're feeling up to that point, but I do, of course, miss the competition itself. Most athletes you talk to will tell you the practice has to happen in order to experience the competition aspect, which is the best part. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I told you last week that I wanted to ask you more questions at the beginning of the episode each week, even though I kind of just did that. Anyway, my question for you this week, if you could have successfully done another skill on any apparatus, if you could have gotten really good at one skill during your time in gymnastics, what would that have been? Hmm. Can I say the entire event of bars? Yeah. <laughs> sure you can. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you ask me, I don't think I was that bad, but compared to the LSU lineup, like it, it, there wasn't a point for me to be in that lineup. So, I mean, I was fine with it. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy bars, but I could all, I was so limited on my skills. I poke fun at myself all the time on Twitter um, and, and just say say just funny things about my, my time on bars and, and my experience in that event. Um, it was very just... I did not have a big vocabulary of skills. Um, if you're if you're a gymnast and you're listening, I'm going to break it down for you. Pretty much all I could do was a clear hip, a ganger, and a double layout off bars and an overshoot. That was literally it. That was my entire bar routine. Um, but that's so limited when it comes to skills. So um, it just yeah, I guess bars, <laughs> bars itself. And I I do wish I had more time to perfect. Um, my front entry vault that I got to compete my senior year, uh, you know, obviously at coming out of my sophomore year, going into my junior, year, I'd been training that vault and I'd been, it was in a good place. And then obviously tearing my Achilles pulled me out that year. Um, but I was in a good place on the vault. So it would have been nice to have another, at least another year of competing that vault. Love that. All right. Well, we are going to get right into our storylines for today, but before we do that, I want to talk about something very important and that is sleep. If you're anything like me, you don't just need sleep, you love sleep. I mean, ever since I was a baby, I sleep like a log. And I know for me personally, McKenna, you can attest to this. With my job and the mental clarity that I have to have to remember so many names and stats and to articulate things well, the quality of my sleep is crucial because it has a direct impact on my productivity. And I'm sure for an athlete, that's incredibly important too. Absolutely. I mean, recovery is the most important part of an athlete's physical journey. I feel like obviously the working out is great and that's what you know creates that muscle mass and endurance in your body, but re- rest and recovery and sleep is where all the magic happens. Things restore, things grow, things heal. Um, so sleep is, is imperative for sure. Definitely. And a lot of different reasons play into why you're not getting a good night's sleep. But a lot of people say the biggest problem is temperature. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or too cold. So I want to tell you guys about the Pod by 8 Sleep. This is a high-tech bed design specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. Now, it was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. So clearly they did their research. It combines <laughs> dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. So if your temperature fluctuates throughout the night, 
it's going to adjust along with you and be very comfortable because, you know, we all need a cloud for a mattress as well. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world and try the pod for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, they're going to refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. So really, what reason do you have to not try this thing? They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going really fast. But for a limited time, we wanted to let our listeners know you're going to get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That is the number eight spelled out E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro. If you struggle with sleep, go give this thing a try. Okay, let's dive into the college story first. Like we mentioned, a lot of NCAA programs are starting to have exhibitions and have kind of many meets to prepare for seasons. Some are in their competition arenas. Some are open to the public. It's really the closest thing you can get to a meet before season starts. So for me, this is exciting as a spectator because it always means season is like imminent and fans get the opportunity to learn about the team and see what they've been working on. So it's great all around, but I want this from the athlete's perspective. Tell me a little bit about what these are like and how they help you guys get into season mode. Oh, they're crucial. They're absolutely crucial. As a freshman, you don't know any better because as a freshman, you know, this is your first experience kind of um, just getting out there. But it, it's crucial for every every class, sophomore, junior and senior, because whether you are competing the same skills or you're competing new skills, it's so important to get out there in that meet atmosphere, get those meet day jitters kind of kind of out and kind of under you. You know, you want to start season on a good note. And, you know, sometimes the season schedule, you're, you're facing a tough team right out, right out of the gate. So um, I think meet days like this are so important. I think it's good for, for the cameras to be there too. You know, for gymnasts who aren't used to that, they, they kind of get a feel and a sensation of that as well. Um, it's good for the crowd. It gets the fans engaged and kind of see what this season's going to look like. It gets the, um, the judges engaged too. You know, they're kind of looking out and kind of already taking a look at what they're going to be seeing from each team this year. Um, so I, I think those meets are so, so important because it, it really kind of sets the tone for your season. Well, and on the flip side, how are these somewhat challenging? Because you have to be very careful with keeping your body in prime shape and not tweaking anything because you went too hard right here before season. Sure. So when you're in this environment that does feel like a meet and, and you have the audience, how difficult is it to keep that adrenaline in check? Sure. Um, well, and the thing is, there are so many other complexities around this time, right before season starts. I mean, the, the, all the girls, they have finals, you know, all their semesters are coming to an end. They're looking towards Christmas break. They're looking for that little time off to go home to their family. So, I mean, they, there's got to be a, a crucial mental focus around this time. And like you're saying, um, with, with getting with injuries along the way, you know, those are things you have to this stay focused in. And um, I think the hardest part about training up to this exhibition point is you want to stay on soft landings as long as possible because you're about to face 13 to 15 weeks of straight hard landings in a row. And, and that'll take a toll on on your already old injured bodies. So um, so I think for the girls to kind of get their first kind of feel of, of those hard landings and even feeling the next day that the, you don't think about that, um, you know, you feel like you hit, got hit by a truck. That's also important for your body and for your, your your brain to get used to like, hey, this is about this is what I'm about to feel for the next couple of weeks. So I, I, it's it's really great for preparation. So you mentioned the soft landings. 
is that per gymnast? Can they opt to be landing on floor at this point? Is that a coach's call? How is that decided? I'd say it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, some gymnasts, some gymnasts physically, if, if they need the softer surface for a longer time, if they have an, you know, an injury that, that seems to be chronic or can give them some trouble, it'll flare up easily. Yeah, they're going to stay soft. Um, but that kind of comes from the coach and the athlete if they trust that, you know, um, sometimes the coach likes to push it. Sometimes the coach um, knows the athlete a little better than the athlete themselves and, and knows that their training might need that hard surface at first. Um, if it's a new skill, they're going to want you to put that on the hard surface so you have more confidence and they know they can rely on you if in if put in to a competition situation. So it kind of all depends. There's a lot of factors to that. Well, and some of these have been broadcasted or posted online or whatever. So for people that have seen footage from these exhibitions, how far along are the gymnasts in their skills and routines right now? Is is that everything or are things scaled back a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, form for sure. You're going to see their form just slowly get perfected a little more each week. Technically, they're going to get better. Um, there's going to be more endurance. So, I mean, every the more routines you do, every extra routine that you're doing, you're going to add more confidence to yourself and more endurance in that routine as well um, and more strength and power. So, I mean, as the weeks advance and as the season goes on, you're going to get better. And, and that's the point. You know, you're not trying to peak at that first meet in January. You're looking towards March, April, the end of the season where the post-meet season is. And um, at this point, I would I would guess each gymnast or, or each team is around 75 to 80 percent in, in terms of where they want to be. Do they have the whole routine put together? Most likely, hopefully so, considering season starts in a couple of weeks. Um, but they're probably not where they want to be, but that's okay because you want to get better each week. If, if you're getting it all done now, you're, I mean, that's great if you win the first meet, but if you're at hundred percent, then what are you going to have at the end of the season? And we see that throughout the season. I mean, some athletes will be held out of the all around just to kind of maintain their bodies mm -hmm. and their health. And then toward the latter yes. half of the season, we see some of them get worked into all around competition. Same thing with skills, especially on floor. We see a lot of e-passes get worked in or just upgraded as the season progresses. So I think it's a good starting point to show everyone what yep. you've been working on. You get a good look at some of the freshmen that have come in. So it's great for everybody. Give me some insight though. Is there any pressure associated with these? Are these used as a bit of a tryout for potential lineups? Absolutely. I, I mean, honestly, in any, any weekly practice is a tryout for for that lineup spot. I mean, if you've got someone with an injury who who isn't as consistent, you got to be ready as a teammate and as your as your team is is looking towards that goal, you've got to understand what your position is, even if that means you are the first alternate. Anyone could go down at any second. Someone could get the flu, someone could have an injury. I mean, anything can happen, so you've got to be ready. Um and, and these meets, of course, there's there's pressure and there's there's nervousness, especially if, you know, you are competing a new skill or you've never, you know, competed one event before it, it does bring nerves but that is why it is so important because you want to you want to get that mindset and remember that feeling and remember you know what did I like about what did I warm up over here what what was good what shouldn't I do next time so it's a lot of figuring out but it, it definitely it definitely is helpful towards season and you make a good point about competing even during practice, especially if you're on a stacked team, which we're starting to see more and more as NCAA gymnastics grows in popularity. These rosters, every single gymnast on them 
has value and Absolutely. comes in highly recruited and has potential for big scores. So it's very exciting and it consistently pushes you to be your best. It often isn't about the opponent you're facing that week. It's it's your own teammates. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you have to look at it, you know, yeah, you might be competing against one other team on that floor, but you're also competing against everyone else in the nation because, you know, there are rankings and there are polls. So, um, you know, you're trying to put your your team in the best place possible. And um, so you've got to keep that mentality of, of trying to compete against everyone else as well, while also competing against yourself. Yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> it's great for the freshmen to kind of get those jitters out. I mean, so many of these programs compete in arenas that have such history and prestige for LSU, the PMAC, for Florida, the O-Dome. Like, if you get the opportunity to have a similar atmosphere to a meet, by the time you're in season, you you feel like you kind of have one under your belt, right? I've I've got to think that that yeah. just kind of gives them a peace of Absolutely. mind heading into season. They kind of have something that they can compare it to, and maybe it can help get those nerves under control. So super exciting to see that those are happening and and that everybody's kind of looking toward week one of the season. I've even seen some preseason rankings are coming out, which, I mean, you can only take those with a grain of salt, yeah. right? They're they're just speculation. They're more so for the fans right. and, and media, for sure. honestly, just to get everybody pumped for season. Yeah, I think that's with any sport. Uh, you know, a lot of it plays into how they competed last season, too. So it's it's it really doesn't say much. If anything, it's for the fans and the judges take notice to it. But the teams, I can guarantee you they're not focused on that. And it is a super exciting time. If you're a sports fan, I think we can all agree it's an exciting time just for sports in general. There's so much happening right now. Like sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual threat quarterback. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50 to 1 to begin the season and have plummeted since which makes my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. Then on the 14th, we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time. Three championship fights, all highly anticipated, right in the betting capital of the world, Las Vegas. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, Try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. I feel like Oprah, you get free money. You get free money. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV, which is a abbreviation for our network, Believe, in case you didn't get that. BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. It's that simple. You're going to love it. Now that takes us into the world of elite gymnastics. Like I mentioned at the beginning, an interesting talking point that I really want to get McKenna's input on. And honestly, I didn't know a lot about this. McKenna didn't either. It's really just kind of floated by, but it certainly might become more of a focal point if it gets used more. 
robot judges are being implemented into some international competition. The World Championships was the first competition that included the usage of artificial intelligence and 3D sensors, or, quote, robot judges, as an additional judging tool. Now, there's been talk about these since, like, 2017, and they've been around just on, like, a trial basis to make improvements and test the technology They were tested at last year's World Championships, actually, in 2018, and successfully passed the test. So FIG Executive Committee allowed the technology to be used at this year's Worlds. We didn't hear a lot about it or or talk a lot about it. They only used it on vault, pommel horse, and rings, but they plan to expand it to other events, and it was the reason for a few score changes at World Championships. So pretty interesting that we're getting into stuff like this. It it opens up the conversation, McKenna, that we had a couple weeks ago about human error and judging bias. And I guess this could be a way to try to counter that. What do you think? I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it kind of goes either way. Yeah, I do love that it totally removes the bias and that, you know, the gymnast can compete freely. But I also think it kind of takes away from the performance I'm thinking of myself if if I'm a gymnast and I'm performing on the floor you want to sell that to the judge I think I think that kind of takes away if if you're like on the beam and you turn to the side and you're posed and and you make eye contact with a robot like that that might freak you out I don't know like some gymnasts they like to wink at the judge they like to give a big smile or blow a kiss or you know I think that's part of it we are called artistic gymnastics and I do think that kind of takes away from the performance of the sport I think this certainly would be more effective for some events than others. I I don't think this is a one-stop shop for curing gymnastics judging problems. Like, I think there are going to be kinks in this system. And it's going to vary in its reliability. I mean, you see more tech pieces, even in broadcast nowadays, to showcase more specifics of the sport. Like, the protractors on bars to show if a handstand is at a complete 90 degrees. Or the measurement tools on vault to show height and distance. Things like that. Technology can play a big factor in, but you're right. The artistic aspect of gymnastics is something that a lot of people are unsure about how it would be affected. Chelsea Memel is one of them. She said, look, this cannot take away from the artistry of the sport, which is a huge part of what we do, especially on beam and floor. So here's a little more information on how these work, because I just found this fascinating. Basically, it's a 3D laser sensor that follows the movements of gymnasts and feeds that data to an artificial intelligence system that further accesses the speeds, heights, and angles of the athletes. These sensors use about 2.3 million lasers per second to measure a 360-degree picture of the athlete. And even more interesting, to begin this entire process, the athlete has to go through a body scan. So at World Championships, the gymnasts were asked to undergo a body dimension measurement, which is basically a scan of their bodies done by the AI technology to make the judging more accurate. Because look, gymnasts have different body types. Some are more muscular, some are more lean. And the only way that this is going to be as precise as possible is if it already has information on the body type of that gymnast. So they are being thorough with it, but I don't think this could ever replace human judging. Maybe it's a situation that technology coupled with human judging gives us a better result than what we've been seeing, but I don't think it could ever do away with, with these expert judges. 
that the whole body scanning process to me that is that's crazy um as far as and as far as incorporating ai into this i think that's i don't know i was watching um who who makes the tesla what's it elon musk i was watching yes i was watching a podcast um that he was doing with um talking about ai and sorry this is kind of getting out of the out of the picture what we're talking about but it's it's talking about artificial intelligence but he was talking about artificial intelligence and just i don't know where we're going with technology is so just it it blows my mind so the fact that we're bringing this into a sport where it's so i don't know it's so personal i feel like i mean it's such a sport that expresses personality and expresses feeling and emotion it's it's interesting to me that we are relying on technology to do that like you were saying i do think it would be good for vault and bars as far as beam and floor i think we should leave that up to to humans yeah i mean gosh it just feels like a losing battle when you talk about gymnastics results and how they come to be because look what happens if someone comes in with a new skill that is not registered with the computer yet that's something we have to be talking about right now because Simone Biles is continually bringing in skills right. that have not been done before. So how does the technology gauge her when it's never seen that skill before? Right. On Twitter, um, when Simone first performed the triple-double and the double-double off-beam, um, there was a lot of argument because FIG had ruled it out. I don't remember what they classified that skill difficulty to be, but it was way below they were saying that skill is unsafe and so they wanted to make it a lower difficulty so people weren't trying it but but there was the argument there that th- that's not fair if Simone can do it and she can perform it without being hurt I think we actually touched on this in, a, in an earlier podcast but you know for robots can't take that into consideration and I don't I don't know how how I feel about that in terms of you know like adding new skills to to the plethora of gymnastics I mean I certainly think it could help work out some issues in in the judging system maybe if you get to the point of identifying execution errors if these robots are literally there for like the mathematical side like I mentioned before the height of a skill or the degree to which a handstand is hit things like that plus if that skill is is recorded and the data is stored maybe if a score is challenged it could be utilized in those circumstances rather than relying on the memory of a human I think there's benefit to it, but it's not a foolproof system. And unfortunately, that's the case with human judging too. Gymnastics is kind of just at the mercy of judging options that have flaws. But if you're talking perception bias and and there's potential for a judge to have a certain idea about an athlete or a team or a country, and then the technology score is down to a science that's going to highlight if the judge is taking anything else into consideration. You know, it also makes me wonder if we, I'm thinking in the college world, if, if that were to be implemented, you know, what if what if we did put that on bars and vault and the scores are coming out at a cap of 9.7 and then you go over to beam and floor and there's 9.9s and 9.5s and, and higher scores, you know, what, that's going to take away from also all around scores. Not that it's in the college world, but, you know, if that's where it's headed towards, I mean, and even in the elite world, that's going to, it might leave a, a big gap of scores. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at um, the scores from Worlds when they did use those robots and, and kind of see if there was a gap in between that. Well, it sounds like they're going to continue to put time and effort into this and 
see what they can make of it. I mean, it is being used in other sports like baseball and tennis. So uh, who knows? I would be surprised if it had anything to do with the Olympics. It, It seems far too new and uncertain to have implications on a stage that big. But I mean, we'll see what the future holds for it. Robots are just going to run us humans out of here. Like, what the heck are we supposed to do? I know. Scary. Well, everybody, like we mentioned, we are going to have co-head coach of the LSU Tigers gymnastics team, Jay Clark, joining us in just a minute. I'm sure it's super exciting for you, McKenna. You're a former athlete of his and still have a great relationship with him. Uh, Jay's awesome. He's great to work with. And I know you guys have loved the impact that he has had on this program. So really excited to talk to him about his new title and and the upcoming season. So we're going to get Jay in here in just a second. Okay, everybody, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jay Clark. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. That's quite an introduction. (laughs) You deserve it. Now, Jay, I'm, uh, I, I really just want some dirt on my co-host, McKenna, here, you know. Oh, Jay, give it to her. Oh, well, there, there's, there's plenty of that. There's plenty of that. I don't know if we need to let all those stories get out, but I'll, I'll say this about McKenna. Um, you know, there's been a massive void in the energy in our gym without McKenna in the gym, and, and uh, so we miss you, baby. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I believe it. Cry. I believe it. Okay, McKenna, give us, give us a little insight on Jay. Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> where do I begin? Once well, let's again, for we starters. Tell all those stories. <laughs> well, let's for starters talk about how you never put me in the bar lineup. Oh, let's, go, let's start there. <laughs> well, that beautiful inside stalder you have, I can't believe. I, inside I, I to eagle grip to pike gear. <laughs> oh I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. I mean, McKenna, okay. your arms are so short. If we 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 probably need a third grip to put on your forehead if you were going to swing. <laughs> Thank <more>. you. <laughs> Do you feel better? Do you feel better yeah. after that one? Oh, my God. Oh, so this, this is, is gold. This is, this is the kind of conversations we had all the time. I love 24 it. 24-7. It was so fun. I would literally finish my assignments around the gym and go over to the bar area to solely mess with him. Yeah, she did. I Come on, it. put me in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd write my name my on the whiteboard at, like, number 10. I'd be like, all right, Jay, so I'm going to go and – Oh, that's hysterical. Okay, so, Jay, who is – maybe the closest to McKenna's energy in the gym right now? Well, there's two. Um, one was already here. Um, Olivia Gunner, who is a yeah. kid from locally here, um, she's got a very similar sense of humor to McKenna's and, and um, <laughs> provides us with a lot of laughs in the gym. But um, we're finding that Alona Shinikova has a, <laughs> this really fun personality and, and is um, – I don't even know if she means to be funny, but she is. And um, and uh, so the two of them probably are, are the two that I uh, look forward to um, the uh, verbal interaction with the most on a day-to-day basis. In, in the absence Aww. of McKenna, of course. Of course. Oh, thank you. You got to have it. That's fun. Obviously, yeah. I kind of figured Olivia would be the, the other one. She was kind of my my partner in crime. You was your, she day. was your trainee. Like your, uh, she your totally yeah. It went Randy. It was, Randy Wyrick taught me. Yeah, I yeah. taught Olivia. You're just passing the yeah. baton. And Olivia's your intern. Yeah. That's that's what we're, we're calling. 
<laughs> oh, that is awesome. Well, Jay, we mentioned earlier, you are now the co-head coach of the LSU gymnastics team. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, we know what kind of an impact that you have had on this program in your years there. Has there been much of a change in your role since this new title? No, none, none whatsoever. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a title that I wanted. Um, it was a title that I guess our administration and, uh, and Dee felt was necessary in order to um, give me a bump in pay, um, you know, okay. to, to, to make sure there were some other opportunities that were floating around. And um, mm -hmm. I think they just wanted to put that to rest. I, I didn't want the title. I verbalized that. It really doesn't change a thing. I mean, uh, this is still Dee program and, and um, you know, my, my role um, has remained, identical uh to what it's been since the day i got here so it really it really hasn't um hadn't had any profound impact on the day-to-day -day things that we do why do you say that was a title you didn't want well because i don't know how that works i i i think you know it's like saying there's a, there's i mean have you ever heard of a company that had two ceos or co-ceo it just seems odd to me <laughs> and and then i think it ultimately the buck has to stop somewhere and 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 while Dee, Dee and i agree almost all the time there are times that we don't and and i don't think you can have a a true co situation um that that really it really works i think it's, it was it was window dressing it was a vote of confidence it was you know it was nice for them to for Didi and for the administration to um to have that much regard for um for the role that that i've played but but at the same time i i want to make sure that um you know she gets the respect that she deserves she's been here for a long time and and um you know i i just i just don't think it's really a functional title i think it's more of a um like i said window dressing type thing it's the business i mm -hmm. understand and i mean when this announcement came out there of course a lot of conversation surrounds it about you know is is this kind of a stepping stone toward dd's retirement and yeah. priming you to to kind of be the next guy it is that a goal of yours no i mean it, it's it's if that i made it clear that you know i've seen this movie before right so so in my in my previous um institution so it's not something that we even talk about really Didi. in fact since the day i got here i've, I've asked her not to talk about it i've asked her not to talk to me about okay. it i've asked her to keep that to herself and not to um make any overtures that are premature uh, to 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 where she wants to be whenever that day comes and mm -hmm. uh, because that can that can mess things up when when uh if things are said prematurely it can affect recruiting um if it's left open-ended it can affect recruiting and then it opens people's opens it up to everybody having an opinion and i think people just need right. to you know whenever there's going to be a retirement um particularly one of some of this magnitude someone who's been at it as long as Didi has and had the success that she's had it has to be it has to be organic and it has to be in her time and and um so I, there's there's no, I don't have to be a head coach again. Uh, I've said that from the beginning. Would I do it if the mm -hmm. opportunity arose and, and I was here uh, at that time and if the, if the administration and everybody felt like I was the right person for the job, then certainly, certainly I would do it. But, but that's not a conversation that we um, have at all. 
And, and I know not everybody wants to believe that, but it's true. I, you know, having been through what I went through uh, at Georgia, you learn certain mm-hmm. things and, and there's, there's a right way and a wrong way uh, to handle things um, with regard to what's best for a program. And I think whenever a head coach is ready to be done, um, they should keep that internal and make sure that their emotions are where they need to be and that they're ready to do it when they say they're going to do it. And that, um, and, and it's a very personal decision. It's a very emotional decision. It's been your life for a long period of time. And, right. and never would I want to posture myself um, in any way to pressure anyone into something like that. So LSU has taken care of me at a level that most head coaches um, get anyway. And um, so I, I'm not, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for in life. And being a head coach is a very different situation. Um, and uh, I don't care. I don't care who you are, how long you've been an assistant. You really don't know what you're getting into until you sit in that chair. And um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm perfectly content in the role that I'm playing. And, and if that works out somewhere down the line and the timing works for everybody, then so be it. But, um, but it's not something that we talk about very often, if at all. I mean, Jay, I think that's incredibly respectable. It's clear that your commitment is is to this program. It's not about climbing the ranks for you. It's it's not just your job. It's your commitment to the program, to coach, and, and to the athletes. And I think that's commendable. That's, Jay, you have not changed a bit. <laughs> Humble yet practical, sir. Well, I love it. Well, I mean, you know, you never know. Life happens, and, and, and sometimes um, – you get fired one good time in this, in this profession and you realize that, um, (laughs) that, you know, things can change. So you don't make promises that you can't keep, but at the same time, um, I certainly would express to anybody that is associated with LSU that we're happy here and we're not, we're not actively looking for anything, um, you know, outside of where we are, we're doing great things here and, been very close to getting over that hump and winning a national title and, and that's where my ambition lies is, is seeing where we can take this program and get us over the hump you know second three out of the last four years McKenna which was, you were a huge part of is um you know it, it was wonderful at the time but it's it's time to time to keep moving you know and, and so that's that's where my goal lies where my ambition lies uh, I don't have um, when you're 25 years old, you have all this personal ambition. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to live the dream and chase the dream job. And you know, my ambition now is about where this program is and being able to, whenever I leave, because I don't have a ton of years left. And um, you know, whenever I'm done, that, that we hopefully we leave it in a better place than than when we got here. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. In terms of, so obviously you guys just had 101 and with preseason, I remember, gosh, gearing up to that, to Thanksgiving, you had always told us, you know, we want to be routine ready by Thanksgiving. So that when 101 comes around, you know, with finals and the schedule's Mm kind of weird. How has, how has the chemistry between you and Didi and the team, what's that been like? This this fall's been good. Uh, We, we, you know, we had a lot of freshmen that came in with existing issues. Alona had the Achilles injury uh, in June. Um, Kai came in with an ankle issue that got re-aggravated the day before we started mandatory practice. She had a pretty severe sprain. Caitlin uh, competing last year at the Woga meet, subluxed her kneecap, and um, it became a sort of epidemic of dislocating her kneecap. No matter, just walking sometimes, so we had to have surgery done on that. So our, our freshman class has gotten off to a slow start, with the exception of Kaya Johnson. 
um, who has just blown the doors off of the place. nature. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> amazing. And, uh, and now we're getting healthier um, with Alona and, and Kai, com- you know, contributing on several events. The chemistry has been very good. The fall was very good. We laid a plan out that we uh, adhered to for the most part uh, throughout the fall. And the people that were able to follow that plan, you know, were right where they needed to be when we got to one-on-one. Our, our issue has just been trying to create some depth at this point just because of the injuries that we had. We lost the four of you guys. And really, to this point, only one of the freshmen has been able to do everything. So um, I, I think you know, if, knock on wood, if we keep progressing the way we are, that those at least two of those freshmen are going to get back on multiple events, and and that's going to create the depth that we need uh, going into the season. Yeah, I uh, gosh, I I remember that preseason is it's kind of odd because everyone's kind of in a in a different place, especially when it comes to injuries. But you were always so encouraging, and you always left the team leave like feeling so encouraged and and so motivated at least me I I know those meetings sometimes they took hours but we got out of there and once practice started like I was always ready to turn the new page you were always so impactful in that aspect where do you feel like because you do obviously your coaching and your recruiting where do you feel like you make the most impact gosh I don't know McKenna you know I I think uh, it's changed over the years. I think I got into this sort of backwards without having a, a huge, you know, background in the sport and the place that, you know, in the early days of my career that I contributed the most was in recruiting. And, and uh, because I, you know, I had seen strategies implemented in recruiting when all of my buddies were getting recruited for major football scholarships and those things. And so I sort of brought that to the table early and I just loved being involved with the sport. I thought it was an amazing I thought gymnasts were the – I was just fascinated by the fact they were the best athletes in the world. There was no part of athleticism that they couldn't do. And and so I got into it sort of in a strange way that, that you know, opportunities like that don't exist anymore because at the time there was no money and no real position for anybody. And, um, hmm. you know, you make $5,000 a year. That's what I made. And um, so it was wow. – you, 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 there was no positions. And Title IX had just really – started to improve things for, on the women's side, but it hadn't really, you know, taken hold uh, the way that it has now. Um, and during that time, really all I brought to the table was youth and enthusiasm and and, and some ability to recruit and um, sort of made my way on that basis. And then, you know, as time went on, um, people like Stormy Eaton, uh, who's a former owner of Desert Devils, um, now deceased, and um, – Doug McGavin, certainly, who was at Georgia for all those years when we were there. I learned the sport, and I learned the, the technical side from those guys over time and then got involved in club gymnastics because I wanted to understand the developmental side so that I could better understand the skill level that we were doing in, in college. So I did that for, you know, 12 years in addition to um, coaching in college. And so I, I think, you know, now, I, you know, I'd like to think that I'm as um, – uh, that I'm uh, trying to achieve some balance in, in all the areas that, that a coach can um, uh, contribute. Um, you know, I still do the bulk of our recruiting. Um, I lead our team meetings, as you as you alluded to, and, and try to give some inspiration, some motivational um, – some motivational direction to, to what we're doing and reminders and in, in contributing to what our philosophy is and what we want to represent. Um, 
I think I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be the best that I can in every facet of our program and, um, and, and learn from other people still and, and read and, and get ideas and, you know, just try to try to keep improving. I'm over here shaking my head because, I mean, if, if I can speak for you, you are an encourager, you are a leader, you are a huge rock to our program. I mean, I remember as a freshman, I think the first meet we lost, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I do remember our first meet we beat OU, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but the first meet we lost, I was so scared for that Monday meeting. I, I didn't know what to expect. I figured we'd get in trouble and we'd, you know, be, I don't know. I was just terrified because that's what you faced in club when you didn't do well. And you were so encouraging. You didn't talk about the fact that we lost. You talked about, you know, that didn't go as planned, but we can only get better from here. And you talked and you moved on. You talked about what we were going to do in that week to prepare and looking ahead. And, and, and I think that's just a testament to who you are. You're always trying to help and, and just better everyone. Oh, that's certainly a mark of a good leader. And I think that's something that has been evident since your time at that program. Well, before we let you go, we are dying to get a little preview. We know that the Gymnastics 101 Showcase was recently, but give us a little coach's perspective. What, maybe what event is is really exciting you right now? Who is executing well? Give us a little bit to, to look forward to come season. Well, as I mentioned, Kaya Johnson has, has come in and been everything that we thought she would be. Um, she's uh, She has an amazing maturity for, for, for her age. Um, you know, she graduated early. And, and we keep forgetting that around here because she comes in uh, every day and is very businesslike, um, very unflappable, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, um, just incredibly efficient and um, and just amazing uh, in, in that way. So that's going to go a long way towards helping us, you know, fill some of the gaps that, uh, that are left. There's no doubt we lost a tremendous amount, not just, you know, Sarah Finnegan got all most of the press clippings and those kinds of things and deservedly so in most cases but um that class was um was a was a generational class you don't get many of those and um to have the contributions that they made on the floor the contributions they made in the meeting room the contributions they made in the classroom and in every way that they conducted themselves I mean it's it's a bit of a growth process for us right now um I think Ruby has done an amazing job of trying to step up and fill that void. But again, you know, we have two seniors on this team this year and uh, we, we lost four very dynamic seniors. We're still trying to find our identity. I think, um, I think we're going to be great. I think we're as good as we've been from a talent perspective. I think we can do the same things, um, but this team's going to be different. And um, it may take us a little while to get going. We may have to be a little more patient just because of the injury. Um, bug that we had coming out of last year desiderio is getting going now and that's helping a lot she had shoulder surgery in the off season and and uh, that's helping a lot and she's really grown a lot too in terms of her leadership ability and, and her ability to step up and and be more vocal and so but you know every team goes through that and i think we we had grown so accustomed to those guys we had last year they had <laughs> They were seniors last year, but they had kind of essentially been seniors for three years. And and um, so the entirety of the leadership and the energy and the direction and the accountability and everything that they brought to the table had been a sort of a mainstay there for a long period of time. Uh, we're just going through that growth with them and figuring it out. But I'm excited about every, every event. I think, I think Vault can be super strong, but it's not going to be deep. 
it's going to we're not going to have seven eight nine vaults but we may our first six there may be six uh six ten oh vaults and then you know so so if we can stay healthy on that event it's going to be amazing um beam should be ridiculous we returned five of, of the six from last year uh albeit the one that's gone is is Sarah, but again, Kaya has stepped right into that role, and then Alona's coming along on that event, so we're going to have what we need on balance beam. I think we're going to be a little bit uh, a little bit different on floor. We, we've been known for a lot of the powerful tumbling skills, and we still have some of those. We'll have two double layouts and a, and a full end, and, and uh, there's one double Arabian, but our E's are front double fulls, you know, a couple of them, you know, and so Ruby and uh, Ruby will do a front double full and, and be in the lineup every every week this week, probably, in, in all likelihood. Um, so it may look a little different. I think Reagan Campbell will be a, in the middle of that floor lineup this year. And certainly she's not a powerful kid, but, man, can she perform a routine and do – and her leaps are second to none. So we've got a little more of a mixed bag. I think it's a much more balanced team than maybe we've had in the past um, uh, from a skill standpoint. Um, but again, it's just going to be for us. It's going to be about, you know, when we start competing, where where's the identity? Where, where, and we may face some adversity. I, I'm kind of hoping that we do because I think um, I think that's needed. I think when we faced it in the past, it really helped us um, solidify who we were. And so I'm excited about this team. I don't think there's any step down at all from a talent perspective. The only thing that remains to be seen is whether or not this team has the uh has the instinct of uh, you know sort of a killer competitor instinct yet we, we we don't know that until we get out there oh yeah i mean season is always very telling and and i like what you said about adversity so oftentimes the teams facing adversity find their identity even by happenstance it, it kind of brings the character to the forefront so I'm super excited to see what you guys put out there. We know the talent is there every year. The passion is there every year. So uh, it's it's a clean slate that's about to start. So we're all super excited to see what you guys put out there. Jay, thank you so much for joining McKenna and I here today. It was great chatting with you. Yes, thanks for having me on. McKenna, I love you to death, and uh, don't be a stranger. I love and miss you. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Well, everybody, that does it for us today here on Chalk Talk. As always, be sure and listen to us each week. Subscribe if you like. McKenna and I break down all things gymnastics. So thank you so much for listening to us today. We will be back next week. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. Zip Recruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.